into the word this morning, and uh, before I do that, uh, let me quickly appreciate all the women in the house. Yesterday was a uh, mom and me tea party for uh, Jewels, uh, the Women Ministry of the Elevation Church, and I saw a lot of you know wonderful stuff on social media. Um, people came with their moms, grandmothers. Uh, some people want, uh, they had awards. Uh, I think there's a family that. The grandmother, the mother was a member of this church, and her daughter, all of them in Anko and all that. And it was all kind of, I was just liking everything on Twitter, you know. Yeah, and I'm so proud of what you guys are doing. Let's appreciate all the women in the house. Yeah. And if you're not, um, if you don't feature regularly at the, the wine press events that the ladies hold every month, I want to encourage you to be a part of it. It's a place of huge encouragement. I heard that. Many ladies just spoke from their hearts yesterday, just, and there was a lot of healing. And you need to be a part of that. You can't be a part of this church and carry your burdens alone. When we have those gender-based events, then be a part of it, because we then go into specifics of the issues that, you know, issues that have to do with specific genders. And you should be a part of it. You should be a part of it. Men also come together, our breakfast, prayer meetings, and all that. The moment you hear the announcement, come, let's, let's network together, let's pray together, uh, let's bear one another's burdens and let's know how to cope with the peculiarities of the issues that, were, that are gender biased and, you know, we can, we can cope better when we're in the right company. Praise God. I said praise God. This morning I'll continue in the teaching series on prayers. Uh, last Wednesday at Switch, I, I, I taught uh, um, uh, on winning invisible battles spiritual warfare message that I want everyone to get. Listen to it over and again. This Wednesday, we're going to be addressing the issues of blessings and curses and how believers can live above curses and not have any curse, whether present, past, and within the family, to hold sway over the life of a believer. That's the teaching for this Wednesday. I want you to be a part of it, and I trust God that those teachings will bring radical transformations into our spiritual experiences in Jesus' name. This morning, I'm, I'm teaching on what I've titled, uh, Maximizing Your Connection. Maximizing Your Connection. Maximizing Your Connection. We have a connection with God. We have access to God. We started with that, discussing about access the previous weeks. And uh, Hebrews chapter 4, from verse 14 down to 16, the Bible talks about the fact that we have a high priest who has gone to the heavens. Yeah. Say, seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Now, let me pause there. I have two more verses to read, but let me just say this. In the Old Testament, if you read the book of Hebrews, the great apostle Paul uh, did a very good thesis there about the understanding of spiritual protocols in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the priest carries people's sins and burdens to God on an annual basis. And he went in to the Holy of Holies with the blood of bulls and goats and all that. And that, with that blood, there was a covering for sins. And then God could look favorably towards his people. And the priest was the only, only person who could go into the Holy of Holies. And he had to take care of himself, make sure that he's without blemish himself. And he had all the priesthood garments on, and then they, they, they would tie a chain to his leg, such that if, because if the priest 
appears and then fell dead there. Nobody will be able to enter there, so they had to drag him out. That's why they tied a chain to his leg. And they had something like um, a bell also there because he had to shake it so that they would know that he's alive. So that they won't drag him out prematurely. Yeah. The, the work of the priesthood in the Old Testament is, is, a, is a great task. A priest himself has to be a kind of person, wore a kind of garment, prepare himself in certain ways, and carry this blood before God on behalf of the people. And the Bible, Paul writing here, making reference to that, you know, because he was writing to, to, to Jews, uh, he said, seeing then that we have a great high priest, now talking about Jesus, who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Jesus died once and for all. He didn't take the blood of bulls and goats. He took his own blood. And it's a sinless blood that procured for us the greatest covenant that is in existence. Greatest covenant that is in existence. When people talk about sacrifices today and, you know, the killing of animals, even killing of human beings for sacrifice, it is to appease gods. But when you kill a human being, that's a sinful blood. The sacrifice with human is the greatest sacrifice that you can have on the face of the earth. There are lesser sacrifices with animals. And those also appease some lesser gods. Yeah. We still see that go on even here in Lagos. And when you go into the interlands, it's still a little more pronounced. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. And sometimes when people also disappear, they say the kidnappers use them for rituals. I trust God in the name of Jesus that a day is coming in this nation where that will be in our history books, not in our present. In the name of the Lord Jesus. So, when Christ died, it's the blood of the sinless Son of God. The covenant that was caught with that blood is the greatest covenant in existence. There cannot be another. There will not be another at the same level, at that level. Never. Never. There will not be another at that level. So Paul, writing from that standpoint, said, seeing that we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest that cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Still speaking to the sinlessness of his blood. But in spite of his sinlessness, he can empathize or sympathize with our own sinful nature, which he didn't share. But verse 16 is where I'm going. So let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That boldness that we have based on the shed blood of Christ, is priceless. Priceless. Completely priceless. Romans 8 and verse 2, there's therefore now no condemnation for them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Romans 8, I think from verse 1 to 2. It said, for the love, uh, uh, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. 
We're free. We can come to the presence of God, uh, but we need to maximize that connection and that access. And we maximize that connection and access when we are steadfast in the place of prayer. When we are steadfast in the place of prayer. Now, it's important for every one of us to understand that you don't just become steadfast in the place of prayer. In fact, that you don't become astute at praying just because you are born again. You have to learn to pray. And you have to practice the heart of prayer. Because practice is what brings skill. And skill delivers results. Are you still with me today? Practice brings skill. Skills deliver results. You want to get results in the place of prayer consistently, uh, you need to submit to the fact that you need to learn. So in Luke chapter 11, we also read that in the past two weeks, Luke chapter 11, when you read from verse 1, the Bible says, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Uh, they didn't mention the name of the disciple, but it's one of the persons that if I meet in heaven, I want to say thank you to him. Because if this never occurred, some of us would think that disciples of Christ, they just became astute at praying. Because by the time we then switch to Acts of the Apostles, we see them praying. We just think that they just became astute at praying, just like that. We won't cast our minds back to the fact that most of the things you know to do well in your life right now, you learn them at one point or the other. Let me give you some examples. I think I was like 19 or so when it started becoming a thing of shame that I couldn't drive. It was because my mom was overly careful. Not because we didn't have cars in the house with which I could learn, but she just wouldn't allow me to go near it. Or even, she just felt I still needed time, you know, she was a bit fearful about it. So, I got into the university and I saw that some of my friends were driving. And I even had people who were junior to me in school who were already driving. And I, I became a pastor in university. For you to learn, you need humility and commitment. Very important. Humility and commitment. I saw a guy who was like two years my junior in university was already driving. I was provoked. My provocation led me to humility. So I went to him. I said, during this next semester break, you will teach me how to drive. He said, Pastor, no problem. Yeah. So we came back, we came to Lagos. I was in Lagos during that holiday. And then he got his, his dad's car. We went to somewhere around Magodo. I can still remember. Then the Magodo GRA was still under construction. And we were driving around and was teaching me how to reverse, how to do this, how to do that. The first time I drove a car, my father saw me. He was like, he said, you are driving as if you were born with it. So I was like, look at you. <laughs> driving as if you were born with it. Did you, did you know when I learned? Yeah. I helped my destiny, you know. <laughs> I mean, all of them were very fearful at home, you know. Very fearful. The least you could do is to send your, your kids to, to driving school. You don't be overly careful about them there. These are life skills that we need to acquire. Yeah. I didn't have the opportunity of learning in my father's house. And if it was a bad thing, that's how I would learn it from outside too. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. A second thing that is also very, I mean, that also very interesting for me in my own experience. I learned how to swim. That one was by compulsion. Yeah. Compulsion. This is about over 20 years ago, I think 95 or 96, I was a training, training, you know, petroleum engineer. And um, 
you know, we're supposed to go to the rig. This was in Podarcourt, in Shell Podarcourt. And <laughs> I couldn't swim to save my life. So they told me, your career will end here. <laughs> because you can't go to the rig without a swimming certificate. Yeah. So I remember then, my, my boss told me, you go, to, you go to the training department, and until you bring the swimming certificate, I don't want to see you in this office. It took me two weeks of resuming at the swimming pool, 8 a.m., closing 4 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. What am I trying to say? Swimming will not jump at you. It's not something that you just sleep and wake up and you start to swim. <laughs> it requires learning. And to learn, you need humility and commitment. Yeah, humility and commitment. It's the same with praying. I can go on and on about several things that I've had to learn practically in my life. It's the same with praying. It requires humility and commitment to learn to pray. The disciples of Jesus went to meet him. Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. They, they even brought precedence for him. John, that came before you, he taught his disciples. So you cannot keep that secret from us. Also teach us to pray. It was on the premise of that that Jesus started to talk to them on what we call the Lord's Prayer. He said, when you pray, pray after this manner. He gave them a pattern. And in that pattern, there are many things. Many books have been written on the Lord's Prayer. Many things. So today, I'm just going to talk about, you know, maximizing our access or connection through the different kinds of prayings that Jesus mentioned there. The Lord's Prayer can be seen from the point of view of a protocol, like I explained in the first teaching of this series. You can see it from the point of view of a prayer protocol, which is how you follow at the same time, you can see it from the point of view of types of prayers that a believer should pray from time to time. Are you ready? So there's great value in desiring to learn how to pray and what kinds of prayers to pray. A great value in it. Desiring how to pray and what kind of prayers a believer should pray. And when Jesus taught his disciples there from Luke 11 verse 1, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples in verse 2. He says, so he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, your, your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread uh, and forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one and his, uh, deliver us uh, from, from the evil one. And he said to them, which of you? shall have a friend go to him in the midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. You know the story we read it two weeks ago. Read, lend me three loaves. I don't have time to read through everything. He was talking about consistency and persistence in prayer. What King James called importunity. He said the friend will not give him at the middle of the night and says my, my kids are already in bed. I don't want to wake up my household, you know. But he said because of his persistence. He said he didn't Yield because of friendship, but because of persistence. Jesus said something here, very important. I mean, two things. One is that you can approach someone based on relationship. Two, for you to maximize that relationship, you need to learn to be persistent. And persistence in prayer is very key. Very key. So, according to Jesus' pattern... There are different kinds of prayers that a believer should learn to pray. One is a prayer of 
adoration, praise, and thanksgiving. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We celebrate this connection. We celebrate the relationship. Hallowed be your name. Prayer, thanksgiving, and adoration. You know you can go 30 minutes stretch just blessing the name of God and just appreciating him in thanksgiving, in adoration. Some people think until you have made a request of the Lord that you have not prayed. No. It's prayer of thanksgiving, adoration, where you're just thanking God. What do you do, for instance, on a wedding anniversary? Shouldn't you look back the last 15 years or 10 years or 5 years, all the things that God has done, and just catalog everything and just bless him? That's prayer of adoration and thanksgiving. Just bless him. Because some people think hey, all the time you have to bombard everyone. You must ask something. No, you don't have to. Just thank him. Just thank him. The psalmist says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all of his benefit. And he started to list them. He heals your, your sickness. He forgives your, your iniquities. He, you know, he's tender towards you. You enjoy tender mercies. You know, and his loving grace. And he was just talking about that. He said, forget not all of his benefit. That's, that's prayer of adoration. Sometimes you just need to wake up in the morning and say, for the next 20 minutes or 30 minutes, I just want to thank God. Thank God for everything around me. Thank God for my children. Thank God for, thank God for this. Thank God. And just do all that. And just bless him. Sing a song to him. And that's, that's the prayer. That's the prayer. That's just the prayer for the day. Somebody listening to me today. Very, very important. Psalm 100. When you read from, from verse 1 to 4, it says, make a joyful uh, make a shout, joyful shout to the Lord, all you land. Serve the Lord with gladness. Talks about at, an attitude of gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. Is, it is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Look at verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Enter into his court. Some people like to enter into his court with complaints. Enter into his court with murmuring. You know, he said, enter into his court with thanksgiving. Be thankful to him and bless him. That's prayer of adoration. And we saw that in the prayer pattern of Jesus. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Secondly, we see what we call kingdom advancement prayers in Jesus' pattern. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, as it says in heaven. A lot of believers today don't pray kingdom advancement prayers. Yeah. Jesus said, kingdom advancement prayers should come before your petition. I'm still going to petition and supplication. He said, kingdom advancement prayers come first. When we do things, that, that, I mean, the way God wants us to do them, we'll get the right result. Kingdom advancement prayers. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We focus on establishing God's agenda in our lives, in our environment, on, on earth, in spite of painful experiences, physical inconveniences, even threats of harm. We still focus on how the kingdom of God is going to expand. We pray the kingdom down over an industry, over a family, over a nation. In Acts of the Apostles, chapter 4, when you read from verse 23, when the apostles were let off after they had been threatened, you know, and beaten, and they released them, 
And he told them not to, not, not to follow kingdom agenda again. Don't speak in the name of this Jesus again. Don't do anything like that again. In verse 23 of, uh, of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 4, the Bible says, And being let go, they went to their own companions. King James says to their own company, their own companion, and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So when they had heard that, they raised their voices to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God. You made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Who by the mouth of your servant David, the quoting scripture, Psalms of David, have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? We said the kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. It means that on earth, from time to time, decisions, decrees, and laws will be promulgated that will be against the Lord and his Christ. They didn't even say against us. They saw it as an affront on kingdom agenda. And for many, many, many a time, that you see affront on kingdom agenda from a nation. Why do the heathen rage? And the people imagine inventing the kings of the heart gather themselves together. They make decrees from the days of Abraham to the days of Moses when Pharaoh would say, kill all the, 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 the firstborn sons. To the days of Jesus where Herod would say, you know, kill all the boys. You know, all those kind of things. Decrees will come out. Decrees will come out and it will be against the will of God. The creeds are still coming out in this nation today that are against the will of God. Believers must not be silent. We have to pray. The creeds come out in industries that are against the will of God for that industry. The creeds come out that affect the life of our children and what they learn. We cannot be silent. God is waiting on us to do something about decrees from the kings of the heart. Is someone sitting with me today? You can't sit in one corner and be complaining about what's going on in your industry. When was the last time you prayed that the kingdom of God will come in the industry where you belong? Whether it's education, entertainment, uh, finance, you know, whatever industry, that the kingdom of God will come. And when we say kingdom, we're not talking church. We're talking about the will of God and the mind of God. In that scripture, it says, against the Lord and his Christ. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and his Christ. Jesus said, pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That the things that have been established in heaven will be established on earth. Yeah. When you see a family where things are going wrong, the will of God for that family is already in the word of God. That there will be peace in that home. When you Join your faith with them and pray for that family. You are enforcing the kingdom of God over that family, that household. When the business is going down, and you know the will of God is for that business to prosper, or for an industry not to shrink, for policies not to come that would destroy a whole industry and run everyone bankrupt. If you keep your mouth shut, that policy will prevail. Yeah. So even as we lobby, as we you know, do all the other things that are necessary in the physical, 
Then as believers, we go into our closet and address the spirit over that industry and enforce the will of God. That's what Jesus, how Jesus said we should pray. Glory be to Jesus. Number three, prayer of petition and supplication. Give us this day our daily bread. It's the full thing. Give us this day our daily bread. Say, forgive us our sins as we forgive uh, those who are indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from it. Everything is about, about us. Yeah, everything is about us. Yeah, in that place. It's about me. Whether it lead me not into temptation or give me this thing today. You know, and we call that a prayer of petition and supplication. I have petitions. I have things that I desire. Prayer of petition and supplication. This is the place where believers do the most of praying. But even at this place, a lot of believers are still lagging behind here. Just to articulate your petition and get the word of God, like we said last Sunday, to say this way, God promised me this and it has to happen in my life rather than developing coping mechanism, like I said earlier on in the service, but to be able to hold God true to his word. Some of us are even still lagging behind, let alone praying other kinds of prayers that Jesus uh, showed us in the scripture. So prayer, petition, and supplication. So we make requests of God for our needs. Supplication is an antidote to worry and a guarantee of, super, a, a guarantee of supernatural supply for all kinds of needs. That's what supplication is. It's an antidote to worry. That's why in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 6, the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So if you are not making a request, you qualify for worry. But after you have made your request known to God, it says cease from your worry. So the peace of God that, that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Yeah, that's what should happen when you have prayed prayer petition or supplication. It procures peace for you first and foremost. Before God moves in the situation, God moves over your heart. It's not because things are bad that you are sad. It's because we are sad that things are bad. So God wants to move over your heart first. Because when your heart changes, things will start to reconfigure around you. That's what prayer of supplication and petition. That's what it will do to you. First of all, bring peace into your heart because you have committed it into the hand of God. And then God starts to move. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Matthew 7 and verse 7 uh, down to 8 and 9. Whoever asks, receive. Whoever, whoever knocks, the door shall be open. But if you don't ask, you can't receive. That's prayer of supplication and petition. Next, number four, is prayer of agreement. Many believers, I mean, for a lot of believers here who have been saved for a long time, I'm just saying this to remind you. To even ask you, when was the last time you prayed a prayer of agreement to another believer? There are people looking at me right here, now here that you are married and you are wasting the power of agreement. When I counsel couples, I always end up by trying to ask them whether they pray together and the need for them to pray together. I pray together with my wife consistently. I cannot tell you the amount of issues that have been resolved through prayer of agreement with my wife. In fact, that's... that's that's the most important place of releasing burden for me. When I hold hand with my wife to pray, I just get this confidence, this assurance that God is moving because I'm obeying his word. Yeah. 
The Bible says two cannot work together except they agree. So there has to be a point of agreement, first and foremost. You know what prayer of agreement does in marriage? It helps you to communicate better. Yeah. Because you need to understand each other. You need to understand the issue. Yeah. You need to understand the issue. I need to say, look, this is what is going on. That's what is going on there. What do you think about this? Okay, so let's pray. Based on the fact that both of us agree that this is what should be happening, then we then pray. So prayer of agreement with your spouse is not just, uh, Lord, bless us today in Jesus' name as we go. Uh, I'm talking about real issues that both of you have to entreat, you know, God together on in agreement. Even when you're not in the same physical location, there are things you can be praying in agreement together about consistently. So it's expected that a, a man will write maybe like a short brief and an email, send it to your spouse and say, this, these are the things in my mind, you know, becoming a bit agitating. I, I need for us to start to pray about it in agreement. So the next time we're praying together physically, we're going to pray about these issues. Let me know your mind about these things. Because there are some of them that is in that place that your spouse will say, but this one, don't you think you should do this and do that and do that? And it may not need prayer because if you actually reckon with that advice, the issue may be resolved. One, which is a thousand. Two, ten thousand. Look at that exponential effect in the output. That's what we are wasting when we refuse to pray in agreement with other believers, especially if you are married, your spouses. If you are single, you have prayer partners, you have friends. Don't have useless friends who don't have power with God. You know some people have friends, they don't have power with God, they don't have power with men. They are a burden on you. What kind of friends is that? At least somebody should have power somewhere. And we need people who have both. Power with God, power with men. You see acceleration. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Stop hanging around useless people. Yeah. You may say, is that an okay thing to say by a pastor? It is real. All of us know that people, some people are useless. Yeah. You know I don't talk like this all the time. So pardon me today. Yeah. It's very true. We, I, I can be, you know, we want to sound politically correct and all that. The truth is that some people are useless to you. The earlier you realize it, the better. And make up your mind on how to shed weight. Yeah. So that you, your, your, your connections can be meaningful. Very meaningful. Yeah. You can't be a Christian and you don't have friends who are Christians who are power with God so that when you need somebody to pray agreement, prayer with you, you they, they are available. Matthew 18 and verse 19. Jesus said, if two of you, at least two, it can be three, it can be four, it can be ten, but if at least two of you shall pray as touching anything, pray in agreement as touching anything, those are the words of Jesus. If we don't do them, we can unlock the power in them. The gospel is very simple. It's not complicated. You don't have to pray and knock your head against the wall. No, just obey the word of God. Jesus said, blessed are you if you do them. So if you're a Christian, you're not connecting with other people and, you know, unlocking the power of God that is vested in synergy. Then we're the ones that are not unlocking the power. Let's not say the power is not available. Jesus told us how the power will be made available. Glory be to Jesus. The united prayer of believers is a potent force for the miraculous. The united prayer 
of believers is a potent force for the miraculous. A potent force for the miraculous. It's very important. Very important. Yeah, I know it's good to have friends. What kinds of friends? Some of us, the only kind of friends you have are the people you hang out with in the bar and just discuss politics. Yeah. And when there are issues, they give you the wrongest advice under the influence. When somebody's already excited with Dutch courage, they will tell you, just go and slap her. Yeah. Or just tell your boss, it's crazy. Yeah. And walk out. Yeah. And you too, you won't know that as you're walking out, you're walking out of destiny. You just walk out. Yeah. Yeah. But the person that's talking to you is under the influence. You need a different kind of people. Those ones are okay. God will use, may use it to influence them. But you need another set. Those ones are under another kind of influence. Yeah, according to Ephesians 5 and 18, it says, do not be drunk with wine when there is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. You need Spirit-filled people who will hold hands with you and pray with you. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Lastly, this morning, prayer of intercession. Prayer of intercession. God is always looking for people who will stand in the gap. So we stand in the gap for the needs of people to be met, for challenges to be resolved, and battles won. We stand in the gap for those purposes. Who are you standing in the gap for? Who is standing in the gap for you? It's very important. In Acts chapter 12, when you read from verse 1, Peter was kept in prison. The Bible says from verse 1 there that now about that time, Herod, the king, stretched out his hand to arouse some of, from the church. From time to time, issues happen. People get attacked. Things happen. The Bible says when the spirit of the ruler came upon the church, he picked up James, the brother of John, and, you know, killed him. Give me verse 2. Don't, don't rush. Verse 2, yeah. He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And then, because he saw that he pleased the Jews, yeah, the principalities and powers were happy, he went ahead, and the church did nothing. No intercession. He went ahead and picked Peter also and kept him in prison. Seized Peter. And it was during the days of living bread, the Bible says, and verse 4. So when he has arrested Peter, he put him in prison and delivered him to force courts of soldiers to keep him intending to bring him before the people after Passover. And if he brought him before the people, he will ask them the question and they will say, kill him. The same way they killed James, Peter would have been killed. The destiny of Peter would have been terminated. But look at what the Bible says uh, in verse 5. Peter then was kept in prison, but consist, constant prayer was offered to God for him by who? But for the prayer of intercession, by the church, a group of believers, Peter would have been killed. Because when they prayed like that, they were praying in the house of one Mary, uh, the mother of John Mark. It was like a house fellowship, a connect group. They were praying consistently. When people get into trouble, do we look away? Or do we pray? As a church, we want to be the kind of church that can hold people up. Marriage is in trouble, we want to be able to pray. Business just went down, we want to be able to pray. Someone has gotten into trouble, we want to be able to pray.
But we all must have a heart of intercession. So that when you come to church like this, you will say we should pray. And it doesn't, you won't be looking away or chewing gum when we're praying. Yeah, because it's a seed that you're sowing. Because the day you get into trouble, somebody will chew gum too. <laughs> so you need to be careful. Yeah, you need to be careful. Some people dedicate themselves in this church for, to praying for other people. We have a prayer wall out there. A prayer unit, you know, today, during the week, they're praying. They're praying. We have this, the prayer academy that's going on right now. The people in prayer academy are joining to pray and intercede with all these prayers that you are dropping. Yeah, we have people in the school of the spirit. You shouldn't come to church, you know, and just behave as if prayer is going to jump at you or your spirit will just develop. All those schools are going on now. We announce another set will start very soon. When we announce, if you are not part of this, join that one. It's like learning to drive. It's just Thursday evening, some of them six-week program. You learn, you become better. You become more astute at praying, at the things of the Spirit, and many other things like that. We have all kinds of schools. We'll run them. We'll continue to run them. We'll run them intermittently this year. You'll hear the announcement. We'll put the brochure in your hand. Don't keep it in your handbag and forget about it and trash it later. Don't be the kind of believer that doesn't know how to pray and the devil is just hitting you from pillar to post. Issues are there, unresolved. The whole environment around you is just gloomy. And you're just carrying on like that? No. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. That's what the scripture says. Don't get used to stuff. Resolve them with God so that life can gain traction. Don't live an unbalanced life. This area is okay, but this area we're just patching. No. Work things out. It's in the place of prayer that will resolve issues. When the church prayed here, Peter was supernaturally delivered. Angels took him and walked him through gates, two or three gates. Even Peter thought he was dreaming until he got on the main street. Then he realized. Then he went to the house of Mary where the church was praying. He knocked on the door. Read it there in Acts chapter 12. He knocked on the door. A young lady by the name Rhoda came out and, you know, looked and ran back and said it was Peter. They told him, uh, they continued praying. They said it was his spirit. Don't worry, we'll continue to pray. Until Peter was knocking, 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 then he opened the door. Then Peter said, it's me. How did you get here? I said, the angel of God showed up. As a result of their prayers, the situations you get into, that you won't be able to pray at all. This one was different from Paul and Silas. They prayed, though. You know, there, Paul had a company. So it's easy to do praise worship when you have a company. Say, praise the Lord. Somebody say, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Somebody say, hallelujah. You know, after a while, you develop Korean. Let's, let's, let's be praying. Maybe something will happen. That was what happened in Paul and Silas. But this one was Peter. Peter sat down there. Alone. <laughs> you know, he was... <laughs> When there was a prayer, they were firing from there. The angel woke him up. Okay, wake up. It's time for to go. And walked him through the quaternions of soldiers. I see issues resolved here. I said, I see issues resolved here. I see everlasting doors being lifted. I see gates lifted. Stand on your feet, somebody. Hold the hand of one person. Hold the hand of somebody this morning. If you can, I want you to pray in the spirit. If you don't pray in tongues, I want you to just, just pray. Lord, come, come, come upon every situation in the life of my friend whose hand I'm holding this morning. Can we pray in agreement here as we unlock burdens this morning and intercede for our friends? Whose, whoever hands you are holding this morning, will you pray? 
whatever issues in their life right now, Jesus, come true for this person. Come true for the same way you came true for Peter when he was in prison. If anyone is in prison here this morning, physically, emotionally, spiritually, we command the prison doors are open. Emotional prison doors are open. Make a lebo saprahanda legebosha. Heke tataka legeborodobosh. Mere legebo sotokologobosha. Heka latike legeborodobosh. Mako tu soprihinde legebosha. Make totokologoboshe. Pray, pray for someone this morning as you hold your hand. Let's pray in agreement. Let's intercede for one another. Let's bear one another's burdens. We receive divine intervention in lives, in families, in businesses, in projects, in issues represented here this morning. We receive divine interventions. We receive divine interventions. Issues are supernaturally resolved. Ekanda legebo soso prehita kagabaya. Makolo brodu soso frihinde legebosha. Nekende legebosa. Ekandoro robosh. Mikoto soso prehinde legebosha. Akene nemoso. Yeke likeride gebosh. Mankete teke legebosh. Ibro lotu soso prehinde legebosha. Makalagabaya ba. Ikende legebosha. We receive the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God over this congregation this morning. We decree that gates are lifted. We decree that limits are taken off. We declare this morning direction for confusion. We declare restoration in homes, restoration in businesses. In the name of Jesus. We decree a release of resources for the accomplishment of destiny. That destiny projects are fulfilled by the mighty hands of God. Everyone that is in prison, financially, emotionally, we command a divine release. As a church, we entreat heaven this morning. We command a divine release. We command a divine release in the name of Jesus. We command a season of revival. Revival of our prayer altars. Let your fire fall upon somebody's heart this morning. Renew our strength in the place of prayer. Renew our strength in the place of prayer. Let the heavens open over every household. Let the heavens open over every individual. Let the heavens open over our children. Let issues with our children be resolved by your mighty right hand. In the name of Jesus. Imbro lotu sofra ande lige bosha. Make a legere de If you are watching online, join us and pray, 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 pray. 
pray intercede for someone bring your petition before God this morning in the precious name of Jesus in the precious name of Jesus Lord we receive the spirit of grace and supplication over this congregation this morning let the heavens open over us draw us to your presence as many has been far away from you as many who has been cut off from you in the place of prayer restore us in the name of Jesus let your fire come upon everyone's prayer altar we thank you our father we refuse to cope with the things that your hand can change so we thank you for grace to persist in prayer the word says men ought always to pray and not to give up so as we go this morning we receive grace not to give up and we declare that your hand is upon each and every situation and we thank you because we are coming back with testimonies. We bless you, our Father. Come on, somebody celebrate Jesus this morning. Celebrate Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Glory be to